we are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial justice and human rights are non-existent. We have been lulled into a trance. They have made us indifferent to ourselves, to others. We are focused only on our own game. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. You're listening to Toward Anarchy on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Here's your host, Michael Storm. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I was messing around with things before the show, as always, and that's always, you know, you think you got one thing going one way, and you got the, it's going another direction. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is Toward Anarchy. I am Michael Storm. I'm here every week. You know this by now. We've been doing this long enough. Uh, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time all around the world on Republic Broadcasting Network. It's my pleasure to do this each week, to come and hang out with you and have a wonderful conversation about something important, you know, to me. And th- and that's what's important, right? Uh, you can find us on Facebook and X and Instagram and TLB Talk. It's at face. Uh, it's at it's at Toward Anarchy wherever you find us, whether it's the Facebooks or the Xs or or Twitter. Or it's funny to watch them still say Twitter X or X, formerly Twitter, or <laughs> like we don't already know this by now. Uh, Instagram. Any of those places out there at Toward Anarchy. And, of course, you can always follow along at TowardAnarchy.com. I set up every week. I, I do the thing, man. I put in the work, right? That's that's what we do. I, you, you just make a little bit of effort. And you'd be surprised at how much you can accomplish with just, just a little bit of trying. If you go there each week when we do the show, whether you pop in there live while we're, we're doing this thing live, <clears throat> excuse me. Or if you catch up with us at some point later on on the podcast or one of the replays across the the uh, the network all around the world, amazing thing, just amazing to be able to do this. I I, ne- I never even th- thought about this necessarily when I was a kid, when I was coming up and loving radio, loving local radio, and and listening to the DJs and listening to the music and and the people calling in and interacting and just everybody just having so much fun and that was what I wanted to do and and at that time. At that age, you know, I wouldn't have imagined it. And then just minutes later, after thinking about not thinking about that, uh, there it was. There was the ability to contact and and connect with somebody all around the world at any time you wanted. And, uh, and, And inexpensively, too. My God, if this was a phone call we were doing today with the guest... Um, (laughs) it would be so much money, but thankfully we have the internet, we have the technology. And if you use, go to towardanarchy.com, look for February 18th. You'll see that's where I am live in my world today. And you'll note that, uh, guest Stuart Kenneth Moore, we will have him join the conversation here in just moments. We're capturing some video playing around with the technology today. So there'll be some video to follow up on YouTube and rumble on this one uh and not that there's much to see a pretty boring background 
of my own here. I do have the turtles back there. We'll have to talk about the turtles number one. Uh, this uh, go to go to towardanarchy.com. Look for February eighteenth, and there's the other things that are up there as well. A couple of links, something for fun. Twenty conspiracy theories that were proven with evidence, you know, verified facts, all of that. Uh, and it, it, those are up there, and it fits in with the conversation today because we'll be talking about one of the one of the big ones, uh, which is it referenced in the next link. There, there's this the article. There was a video apparently associated with it. It's gone now. It's the, the account is gone that was on YouTube. It's just whoop, gone, wiped out. You, you know, uh, it take that as as you see and uh, for what it may or may not be could it could be anything could be nothing but the article that's still there is about the uh, six main signs of mk ultra mind control and i thought this was fun because i don't i don't know how much it truly relates to any sort of mk ultra mind control that might be going on because you know there's no way that the shadow government isn't still experimenting on the population today of uh, that program ended right uh, but the the things that they do mention in there are uh, very real, observable, uh, verifiable on some level, and you can, uh, you know, again, whatever you accept that it is, whatever you believe that it is, whatever your little world uh, happens to think. As noted on page ninety of the MK Ultra inspired Kubark. Uh, interrogation manual sustained long enough a strong fear of anything vague or unknown in, induces regression whether that fear represents the possibility of being unemployed being harassed daily for not complying or a mutating virus amongst other things if sustained long enough it begins to wear people down psychologically and that was gavin uh nascimento that said that and it's from a, a paper some work that he did a history of elitism and world government and population control there wasn't a, a lot about him but the article the the big long article and other articles that he has written were there so i linked to that as opposed to just linking to a bio on him like i do a lot of times with the quotes there uh it's a it's a free thought project thing uh, you know, Jason Bassler, he's been a guest on the show before. Just a, a ton of information, a huge link. Uh, you'll go find out for yourself <laughs> what you believe to be true. Uh, and, and that's it, it all falls in line with what we're talking about today because uh, my guest is an artist and one of his passions for a number of years has been the, the work and the completion of here in the last couple of years uh, the this project, Project MK Ultra Sex Drug and the CIA. It's a graphic novel. You know me, I own a comic book shop. I'm always happy to talk about comics and throw that into the conversation, particularly when I believe that there that it's it's not just a medium for kids, and I don't think anybody believes that anymore. Uh, it was a, a thing that people believed. I, I th I'm supposed to let everyone know they're being recorded. That's hilarious. Do you see that in up in front of you somewhere there? A message, Stuart? That yeah, it just wants to inform you. Yeah, it just wants to inform you, which is funny because I live in a one-party state, and I don't have to inform anybody <laughs> for what that's worth. Uh, my guest is uh, Stuart Kenneth Moore, and uh, it's really, I, you know, I've been hyping this show up for a couple of months now. You guys have been expecting this conversation, so I'm really happy uh, to finally have it, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with me. This is the second time in a week that I've talked to somebody that's, uh, you know, seven hours in the future 
you're there in Prague, and I'm here in the middle of America. It's a little bit of yeah. a time difference, but uh, uh, man, I really great to get a chance to talk to you. Like I said, and I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, this is a, it, it, the interesting conversation about the the CIA and MK Ultra, well, but there's also lots of other things that we can talk about. Just such a uh, an amazing industry that you work in and around, and uh, the artistry and everything that goes into it, and the future of it, and and how. Uh, things are are changing as uh, technology has come along, particularly here in the last couple of years. So, again, really great to talk to you, uh, uh, Stuart Kenneth Moore, my guest. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, um, no, it's it's all changing. In recent months, we've seen comic books produced by computers that have nothing to do with human interaction whatsoever. So, uh, and that's only going to get more um, more. Uh, you know, the main thing of a comic is it's it's got to be very accurately sequential so the images and the characters look the same throughout the story, um, and that's something that's still falling down on, but they'll fix that, and the next thing you know, there'll be comic books produced in minutes rather than weeks, months, or years, as you know, people like me have taken over comics and stuff long, long periods of time. It's a time-consuming process. So, uh, yeah, so I don't see there being much... Uh, I mean, there's always going to be a future for artists to do comics, but I, I don't think industry-wise there is going to be much room for artists, human artists. Everyone's claiming, oh, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't read those comics, we wouldn't support that. But the history of art is one of, uh, you know, lots of starving dead artists. So <laughs> I just don't see a big turnaround in that regard. So, Well, it's an interesting thing that's happening right now because – most of us probably really haven't seen it in our time. There are certain industries that have seen it in in our time because computers are pretty ubiquitous uh, at this point, I would think, and they have been for a little while. Um, it's I think it it's relates to the same fears that we've had before about technology replacing people. Uh, this is a little bit different. This is <laughs> this is smarter. Yeah, this is so called smart. Yeah, it's it's different because it's um. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure anyone who's been put out of business will feel it's the same kind of thing. But um, by sure. automation, but um, the uh, the thing of look, I just did you see the AI thing about the rat's testicles that broke yesterday? This no, thing? I guess not. Rat no. <laughs> so I think it might have been nature, but it was one of the more uh, you know respected uh, uh, peer review journals that published. Uh, an article on on a cancer, I think a form of cancer that affects humans and rats. And so they'd done all these tests on rats. And then the researchers who put the paper forward had used AI to generate a whole section. Oh. Yeah, to generate a whole <laughs> section of this this uh, this thesis, and um, also the images. So there are these bizarre images and bizarre content, and it's it's a big embarrassment right now because the AI. There's no governing mind to stop the AI or to, you know, to call it into question when it goes off the rails. And, and no one's digging deep enough into the, you know, the research that they're producing through AI. They're not watching it carefully. So they're, they're getting That's the biggest to- concern, right, is that, is that people aren't really aware of what it is that they're participating in. And, they, uh, well, that's just sort of day-to-day life. 
let yeah. alone if you you take a, a, a tool like this. It's interesting because you you mentioned the, the rat testicles thing, but then something else that's come up in the last couple of days. I noticed a Fortune and a bunch of other people just all of a sudden started producing articles talking about this uh, uh, Sora, the, uh, the 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 video generating AI. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which it's funny that they're just talking about it literally within the last couple of days because mm-hmm. I've been playing with it for months. I've been oh, using really? it for months. Oh, I yeah. See. And I, I have know. a buddy. Yeah. A, a buddy of mine used it to create a video for their band. They're one of the yeah. first groups to use it. And and it's just it's it's a mind blowing, interesting little thing. Uh, yeah. But it's it's interesting the way people the point is uh, the way people are catching up slowly to what's going on out there. Uh, it's so easy to fool somebody. I talked about this years ago. There was a uh, one video in particular that they did. It's just been when the, in the last couple of years where it was a dragon attacking a baseball field. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? I don't think it so. Was, Except for the reactions of the people, the lack of reaction of the people mm-hmm. that would otherwise be crushed by, you know, sort of falling debris as the dragon lays waste yeah. to the the I'll stadium. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you'll have to pull it up. It's an interesting little look. Uh, it looks very real, and it's set in a real setting. You know, it's a CGI dragon set in a a real setting, and it looks like it's attacking this ballpark. And that was a while ago, and I thought, wow. Uh, boy, we're really getting to that point where it's going to be hard for the average person to tell what's real when it comes to turning on something yeah. on the internet. Yeah. It's game over, actually. Yeah. The vast majority of people don't realize and didn't realize with all the images that came up, you know, last summer at the end of you know the previous year, we started seeing lots of these images, mm-hmm. and most people didn't know the difference. And there was lots and lots of that. And artists very quickly figured it out. Oh, that you know, they could start to see. Uh, tropes, things that the AI was doing. And mm. so it's quite easy for artists, I think, to start poking holes in this thing. Most people tended to have six fingers or more than that. So, because mm. the AI hadn't figured that out, but it's figured all that stuff out now. It's, it's, um, it's, it's game over in terms of reality. You, you get images that are indis- in, in, indistinguishable from reality now. It's going to affect elections, it's going to affect everything. You would think so, because it's always been a concern. As this has grown in just, it's been such a short period of time that AI has become ubiquitous. We talked about it all the time. You could see it in certain places, depending on if you were in a certain industry or if you're a tech person, you could see it. Uh, and, and, and and then all of a sudden it's everywhere, and it's and it's super powerful. And... Anybody can use it. Anybody can use it to just fool a person, turn them into just turn them into a little fool. I mean, it really is what they would do. It just trick them into believing anything, anything they yeah. wanted, and that's kind of yeah. scary. The, <laughs> yeah. great, the great thing about peer review is that, that, that that's when you put your thesis up and say, "Look, test it for me," and all these other scientific groups will test it, and that's how you get your 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 science moves forward. And uh, so they put this, this rat testicle thing up, and it was immediately shot down because somebody looked at the data properly. You know, they went into it and they looked at it. 
Yeah, it's a good thing they did because that's actually a huge problem right now with the, with what you're talking about consensus work like that where somebody has come in and supposedly there's a consensus about it. Some, but you know, people have reviewed the work and we just keep hearing. Uh, I it couldn't have been two weeks ago that I read a major story about the fact that a. a it's it's become worse recently, but mm-hmm. even the past 30, 40 years, uh, there's been no real review. There, There's people – there's like one guy looking at a paper and calling that reviewed science. And, oh, and, no, and, no, no, and no. Yeah. It was about – it was oh. The Lancet that published something about it, and I don't remember the details. Yeah, I need to see that. But the, the, the problem – one of the problems is there's there's different review sites, and you can put your mm. – your thesis up to some of these review sites and they're they're not uh to be taken they're not to be trusted that's absolutely right yeah they'll take your money and publish your work yeah yeah yeah. and but but that doesn't happen but that doesn't happen with things like i don't think it would happen with the lancet and 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 with nature and well okay so i think actually that this was in relation to um all the kerfuffle at Harvard oh, with yeah. – yeah, because I guess they when, when it stirred up, they've gone back now and they've looked at a whole bunch of these different doctors and, and professors and people's papers. And, and there's just this lack of citation. There's right, any lack right, of support right. for a bunch of their claims. Yeah, Lack of rigor. The, the problem with Harvard – I don't know much about the, what you're talking about with the, the, the medicine – but I know that they've got an un, a very unusual situation going on with physics. They've got uh, Avi, Avi Loeb, I think is his name, the head of physics there. And he's publishing all sorts of stuff about UFOs and so forth. And it's not properly tested. It's not being – it's just going out. And one of the things I heard about Harvard was that they have a, a very active publishing wing. So they make mm-hmm. a lot of money. They make a lot of yeah. money from books that they publish. And these books where you say, oh, there's a UFO or I found a UFO at the bottom of the ocean – these books attract a lot of people. A lot of people buy them. It's a lot of money, and um, it's not good science. No, it's not. No, they're not being. It, it, it's funny that you mentioned the the fact that they had their own publishing company. Because something that's I read that, and yeah, I, I, it no, kind of made sense to me that there was. That there was mm-hmm. It's almost like the the. The, the the horse is leading the car or the car is leading the horse rather uh yeah. you know they're, they're, yeah they're, it's the same basic problem across the board is what it is uh, if this is a problem in physics then it's a problem probably in math it's probably a problem yeah. in all the other sciences probably english too uh yeah and it, it's too bad it's really too bad uh you had a life just uh, an interesting life. You had uh, done a couple of different things, but mostly focused on the art. And yeah. you've been a bunch of different places. You were born in America, but you spent right. a good, good bunch of your time. Uh, yeah. So my parents are Scottish, and they moved to America, and they didn't expect to have another child. And I was so I was born there, and then nice. we lived there five or six years, seven years, something like that, and moved back. Actually, only three, three years. We moved back to Scotland, and then we moved back to America again. And then two or three years after that, we moved back for good to Scotland. So I've basically been raised in Scotland, but with some experience in Los Angeles. Interesting. <laughs> uh, what a what a what a um, view to have America of America. Just anywhere on the coast, <laughs> like any any place on the coast, and that be your entire view of America. But then again, I guess that's probably what um, that's probably oh. what you guys see. I. 
My dad was pretty intrepid, and he uh, took us on a couple of big road trips. So before I was four, I think I went, oh. across, went across America once before I was four or five, and another time drove up up north, up into Canada. So saw quite a bit. I had very interesting memories from uh, you know being a child, and 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 they're very they're very odd memories, but they're of those trips. But, yeah, I bet just being young. Yeah. Not quite, yeah. I'm sure you can imagine some things that, no, nah, that probably didn't really happen. <laughs> didn't really see that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really cool that you've been able to do that. Um, I, I think a lot of people uh, overseas, they have a certain impression of America. Yeah. And uh, it, it can be, I, well, it's influenced by the media. <laughs> Talk about these guys in the media. So there's an interesting thing that's been happening here. Uh, every year there is, uh, you know, sort of spores and and dust and things and people who work in dirt and and who farm and people who work up in this sort of, uh, you know. Michigan area and up in places like that in particular, um, there's this you know, viral fungal infection sort of thing that gets oh. around. And all of a sudden, there's there's this news about it everywhere. And then I, I keep I'll click on the news and it's the Irish Post or something like that. Huh. And it's it's all from these European sources. And it took me a minute to figure right. out what it is. And I said, Oh, you know what this is? This is the European press not focusing on what's happening in their own cities and and countries and focusing on some weird, silly little, ooh, <laughs> freaky stuff that's going on in America. It's a little sleight of hand thing. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard any of that, so I don't know what that is. I don't, but see, I... that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because you're probably not you're probably not paying a lot of attention to to hyped up media reports about watch. anything. Well, I'm surrounded by news people. All my my, my friends and 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 they're all in the news, so I do hear a lot and I do keep in touch with things. So I pay a lot of attention to what's going on. But I do know what you mean about bubbles. I was back in Britain in Scotland some years ago, and um, we turned on the radio in the morning, and and I couldn't believe the 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 list of things that they wanted to talk about there was nothing that was important you know nothing globally important it was all very it was kind of strange to you know one of the news items was like this tv show big brother so they were actually in one of the news items so it's like on the radio so mm-hmm. i don't even about a bubble you, you can move mm-hmm. in a place and move into a different time zone a different location and you start getting different news but i i've never heard that about the uh about that fungal thing yeah, you'll you'll have to. I, I know uh, you'll you'll see it now. That's what'll happen. You know how that works. Is I know, the biggest, you, I know the biggest life form on the planet is a fungus, and it's under Kentucky. Right. Yeah, it's the biggest uh, life form on the planet. It's quite a few, quite a few square kilometers in size, and it's a single fungus. Just one. Wow. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. That's. Check it out. It's very interesting. They were doing tests of different kind of uh, fungal growth <laughs> in Kentucky or whatever, and they discovered they were they were sampling the same being, the same creature, the same fungus. So yes, under Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's well. Well, I knew, I definitely knew that fungus were the you know, predominant life form on the planet, but. Um, 
I didn't know about a gigantic one. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's fun. It's, just, it's the same. It's the same creature. Yeah, the same thing. I wouldn't call it a creature. I guess it's a life form. Yeah, well, yeah. Aren't we just like one little piece of DNA or something separated from mushrooms? Isn't yes, that? That's, yeah, that's really. That's, there's a fact. It's a fact. It's very, very interesting. Mushrooms. Uh, yeah, they're. Yeah. Very, it's very odd. Yeah. Well, and and that kind of makes a little bit of a perfect segue, actually, because <laughs> you're talking about mushrooms, talking about fungi. Um, yep. Certainly, one of the tools that the CIA was using uh, right. in this MK Ultra project is something that you spent a lot of time yeah. working on, uh, and just made happen. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, it's a project that originated as a, a couple of friends of mine who wrote a screenplay, uh, right. For a film, and they shopped it around, and nothing happened. And uh, and then when I read it, I thought I could just be it could be a great graphic novel because the great thing about comics is you've got unlimited special effects. You know, it's just up to the artist. Um, so I could see what we could do with all the drug sequences and so forth, and flashbacks and so on. And um, and then looked into the history of it, and it turns out it's like the it's a it's a very strange thing because it's a conspiracy fact it's a conspiracy that took place a lot of people still think it's a conspiracy theory but there there were hearings in 1977 i think uh, as a result of the church commissions uh looking into um cia uh after watergate like a few weeks after watergate um the people at the cia tried to destroy the records right yeah, and so I think, this is really just me guessing, but I think that was because they knew heat was going to come on them from Watergate. And they didn't want, I'm presuming they didn't want anyone to know about this because it was super top secret. I mean, you know, even people in the agency didn't know anything about it. So they destroyed all the records. So there was no record of it. And then when the Church Commission came along, which was, I think the guy's name was Frank Church, he, he got permission to look right inside CIA and they got 100% of what they were working on, studied that 100%. They'd been given everything, access to everything. But then one of his researchers discovered a bunch of receipts for something, a cryptonym called MKUltra. So then they suddenly realized they had 100% from the CIA, but they had something else that turned up in a separate double filing, these receipts. Uh-huh. So this, this led to this second hearing. So the first hearing is about CIA assassinations. And that's, you can get that on YouTube. You can see that. It's very interesting. Um, and then the second hearing was like in 77, like two years later. And this was specifically about MKUltra. And so today, you know, a lot of people bandy the term MKUltra around. Uh, it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But, but what this book focuses on is what we know happened. And, and it's sort of fictionalizes it creates a couple of fictions so as to to weave all these disparate things together so we've kind of created this journalist who you know finds out about this thing but otherwise we touch on things that really happened so for example one of the strangest things was the cia set up uh, brothels in new york and san francisco and they uh worked with the mafia to get or maybe not the mafia but that's suggested they worked with uh, members of the criminal underworld 
to um to have prostitutes working in these uh, brothels. But at the same time, they hired a guy called John Mulholland. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a famous American magician. And he, he announced his retirement. And when he retired, he didn't retire. He went straight into CIA and he wrote a book of dirty tricks uh, for them. And so he was employed teaching the prostitutes how to use sleight of hand to put poisons into various people's drinks and foods and so forth. And they had these, in these brothels, they had two-way mirrors, and they would film what was going on in, in the rooms. So they would get these guys, whoever they were, high, and then they would film them. And this was all to um, test out the possibilities of uh, gaining some kind of compromat on, you know, whoever they wanted to focus on. And the films were all destroyed, everything was destroyed, but the receipts exist, and... Uh, Receipts for all the chemicals, and they got he- they, they held the hearings in '77. So there was um, there's there's a there's a whole document you can download from the Senate, the U.S. Senate, and and it goes into all the details, the, the things that were asked, and things that came to light in those hearings. So the brothel and a number of other things. And uh, the most horrifying thing was that one of the chemists uh, either killed himself or was killed. And uh, and so that's a famous, famous story. This one CIA chemist um, uh, either 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 killed himself or, or or was killed, and it's not clear how. You know, it's very murky how he died. It's very strange. So yeah, um, but dig it up. You can dig up a very good uh, ABC documentary. We're going into a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that, the places that you can find some of that information. We'll dive more into the actual graphic novel and uh, Stuart King. are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing, and I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product, 
is what it claims to be. Great product. A few days in and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Listening to Toward Anarchy with Michael Storm. Computer guy, make sure you you push the proper buttons and have the things in the places where they're supposed to be. It does look like it happened this time. Uh, support the network, republicbroadcasting.org. Click the donate button over there. That's the easiest, simplest thing to do. Just a couple of clicks of the button, and you're supporting the network. You're making it possible for me to have the conversations that I have each week, as well as all of the other people, all of the other broadcasters across the network. It's you, it's, You've made it possible for all these years. Uh, continue to do so by clicking that donate button. Uh, if you're not into the tech thing, you don't really trust the the uh, the digital transmission of things. I know there are people that are still out there that do that. Uh, they're, they're worried about that. And, and it's a valid concern. I, I grant you that. Uh, but really, when it comes to our money, come on, let's not kid ourselves. We're all dealing with digital dollars, and we've all been transferring these digital uh, ones and zeros back and forth for a long, long time now. Uh, it, it don't, don't be afraid to just simply do that easy thing. Click that donate button. Uh, otherwise, just call the, the network, 800-724-2719, extension 3, and you can talk to somebody live. Live there, and they can give you different options on how to support the network. Of course, one of the biggest things you can do is just click the like, you know, that share, that follow, the subscribe button, whatever it is that's there. Smash that thing, whatever you have to do, uh, to let us know that you're out there, that you're following along, that you like what you see, like what you hear. Uh, you can also mail a check 
or a money order to RBN two two five one Double Creek Drive, Round Rock, Texas seven eight six six four. And of course, visit shoprbn.com. The win win where you are supporting directly the advertisers who advertise across the network. And again, you you've been making it possible for all of these years for this network to be here and for us to come here and talk about the things that we talk about in the in the open environment that we talk about. One of the things is, yeah, I know it should be obvious to a lot of people. Across the network, that I don't, I'm not the one. I don't fit in necessarily with a, a, a good number of any of the narratives that you can hear from one broadcaster to the next. That is anarchy, baby. Uh, but the reason I can do it is because the network. They're not here to tell us what to talk about. They just want to. They want to talk about truth. They want to hear what people have to say. They want to have the conversations, and it's all possible because of you, and we thank you for it. Uh, you can go to TowardAnarchy.com to follow along specifically with this show. It's there all the time. I dominate the search engines uh, for what it's worth. And <laughs> they're mine. It's my home on the Internet. I've carved it out. Uh, and we make good use of it. If you like the conversation that I'm having here with Stuart Kenneth Moore, uh, we're talking about Project MK Ultra, sex, drugs, and the CIA, the graphic novel that he's worked on, uh, produced from a, a movie script that may or may never see the, the light of day. But with a fantastic uh, a graphic novel like this, it wouldn't be the first time that you know it had to go to a graphic novel and then somebody picked it up and turned it into uh, a movie or a, uh, a you know some sort of visual presentation for the people to consume a, a fantastic conversation we're having you like that you want to know more you want to see more of uh, Stewart's art you can follow him on twitter x whatever it is opapop at opapop <laughs> O-P. You don't have to remember any of this stuff. That's why we keep it up there on the website. Uh, and on Instagram at Buddha underscore Bon underscore Budstein. Fantastic name. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and there's also this wonderful link up there. I did not know about Lambiac, but I'm really happy to have found it thanks to Stuart. He pointed it out to me, uh, showing me a bio and some information on him. And it's really great because it's a, this website, uh, they call it the Comiclopedia, and, and it's about artists, and, and uh, there's just thousands of artists up there, information about thousands of different artists. And I thought it was kind of neat because... If you look, uh, Stuart, there, you're sandwiched in between Steve Moore, the, the fantastic uh, cartoonist. Wow. Uh, I used to read. That. Yeah, I used to read that cartoon he did uh, uh, in the in the bleachers was what it was called. Uh -huh. uh, he may still do it. It was a news, you know, newspaper thing. They they yeah. don't have those more. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, <laughs> the oldest comic book store in the world, I think. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. It's in Amsterdam, and it's, I think, the oldest in the world. That's really cool. Isn't it? Well, and now I have another reason that to go to yeah, Amsterdam. Yeah and, <laughs> yeah, and they do this Comicopedia thing, and Comicopedia, and um, it's just the, the list of artists, incredible. And, uh, and they keep it updated. It's, it's quite a commitment. Yeah, no, I, I was wandering around in it and just looking to see what I could come up with and then I, I had wandered down to the bottom of the page there on your bio after reading through it and and uh, I saw Stephen Moore and yeah. I just I just remember that as a kid you know not even as a kid a, a young adult really 
uh, reading that. And clearly he did it up until about 2000, at least, because that one <laughs> picture of <that> Sarah <laughs> says something about 2011 even. So, you know, maybe he's still out there doing it. I, it's just something I used to get up and read the newspaper every day. Yeah. That's something somebody my age used to do. <laughs> I have a, you know, I have a kind of a nostalgia for a time I never lived in. And it's the it's the idea that there was once a time where you could get the funny papers, at least in American newspapers, you'd get yeah. inside the newspaper, you'd I get the supplement, it. which was the funny papers. And I I just love that. When I go back and look at that kind of stuff, it's just... Well, I, just I came I, from... I, I was born in a, a, a big city. I was born in Denver, Colorado. So uh-huh. that's a big city. They had a couple of major newspapers, and they had exactly that. I, every day... Uh, there was the section that had the cartoons, and then on Sunday, the great big insert, full color, just uh, amazing. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I suppose as, as an artist, that would be something you would Oh, love. yeah. I think of things like uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland, which I don't know if mm. that was serialized in newspapers, but I'm sure Windsor Mackay had some things that he would have put into these newspapers. There was uh, the Cats and Jammer Kids, these kind of things. I just love all that stuff, and... Uh, I see these little drawings, and uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of Crazy Cat, you know, George Herriman. And uh, and I was lucky we, we got to travel to, uh, we, were in, uh, we were in Arizona, and um, we ended up in Coconino County, which is the fictional, but also the real county. But it's the fictional oh, okay. that Crazy Cat's set in, you know. So, Coconino. So, that's, yeah. uh, that's funny. Yeah. And, you know, so I was driving through there looking for these, like, you know, uh, oblong shapes and stuff. Of course, they weren't there, but you know, or like huge circular <laughs> holes and mountains and stuff. So yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of that stuff in that era of comics. And uh, and I just I, I'm surprised that they were still running when you were a kid, because I thought that all died out like in the 30s or 40s. Maybe you're oh no no no, <laughs> no, no and, and I'm not that old. No, I just turned 51 here just this last week, and um, so yeah, I, I was reading those up until. I don't know, into my my early 20s for sure. Yeah. I was pretty much up every day. About, about the time I hit 20, 21 right there, uh, when I went off to finally go to college, then I, I kind of stopped reading it. Yeah, Well, I didn't have access to the Rocky Mountain News, the Denver Post, mm-hmm. and we got them both, and so we had both the big inserts. And so we had, you know, Spider-Man and Andy Cap and oh, yeah. uh, you name it, we had them. You know, yeah, all, all of the... The fantastic. You, a lot of them, they are still printed today. There's there's some of the bigger papers that still do a print edition that still do some comics, but almost mm-hmm. all of the artists still do it online. You just have to go looking for them. Yeah, right enough. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah, but uh, it was something that, for me, it's something about that little newspaper within a newspaper full of color. I know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So. Uh, I'm I'm glad I got to experience it. I didn't I didn't realize it wasn't a thing for you guys. Well, you guys have the big tabloid format newspapers, yeah, all sorts of cartoons and papers and stuff. But um, it was this thing of it was this thing of a supplemental publication, like mm-hmm. a, a smaller tabloid comic inside okay. the newspaper. On a particular day, it would be a Sunday probably, and it was a anthology. So it was a number of different little. Stories. Oh yeah, you gotta they gotta hook you. Yeah, bring you back for the next story. Yeah, yeah especially so, for the the uh, like the Spider Man and stuff like that, where they really did try yeah. to bring you to the Dick Tracy. That was another one. Dick, it was, and Dick, Batman, Dick, of course, Dick, that was so, one that. Yeah. 
Yeah, the company, the publisher that publishes MK Ultra, they do. They've now started doing a whole bunch of these uh, Dick Tracy newspaper comics and other oh stuff. because the property actually goes it's like mickey it, it, it's like oh. mickey just happened it goes to public because you know that oh. property dick okay, tracy no. is owned by what's his face the guy who played him in the 90s oh the uh, actor um yeah 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 um yeah oh, god I mean, he was a huge actor in the yeah, 70s yeah, yeah. In, um, he's, in, he's in shampoo the film shampoo yeah yeah, he was in. Oh, uh, why can't I remember his name? Yeah. <laughs> in, That's so Bonnie, bad. Bonnie and Clyde, uh, the Parallax View. He's in all these movies. What's yeah, Bonnie and Clyde, right? Oh yeah. yeah no, seen, and and what's funny is he owns that property. He's I owned that, that property, and nobody would pay him for it because the movie was terrible. It was a flop, and nobody wanted the property. And so he he just did this. He just the other day. Every few huh. years or whatever, he has to release some video presentation, some movie presentation of him as Dick Tracy to continue to own the IP, to own the property, to continue to own that. Yeah, and he, and so he releases this terrible, horrible, <laughs> you know, just nostalgic, Warren, no production. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty, yeah. Warren so, Beatty. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's okay. a big, you know, f you to Hollywood and all those guys that. that wouldn't pay him. Yeah, but the thing I was going to tell you, you might not know this, but um, you know, Batman sixty six, the Batman TV series with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Adam West. So I didn't know this until two weeks ago uh, or last week even. The the there was a parallel show being made that they did a pilot for, but they never actually went through with the show, and it was Dick Tracy, but it was in the same okay. style. It was in the same style as the Batman show. So the same kind of comic opening and the same kind of um, uh, the thing of having major stars come in and play villains, right. you know, because in the Batman show, they had all these major uh -huh. stars. Or even people coming in, like popping through a window, and it'd be like Sammy Davis Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, when they're climbing up the side yeah, of the yeah, building, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they always have guest stars, and then they always. If you look at the villain list on Batman sixty six, it's actually incredible. It's some of the greatest actors, uh, and and but they were doing the same thing with Dick Tracy, and um, so I saw a part of the. You can see the the episode on YouTube. I saw a bit of it, but what's really interesting is, and I saw this photo of like some of the makeup for one of the characters. They were going to do proof. Mm -hmm. And so when you right. mentioned the Warren Beatty film, the they did fantastic makeup in that film. Yeah, they did yeah, really, yeah. really good makeup. It wasn't a good movie, but it was that makeup was fantastic. And the, and the, the world, just and the, the world, the world they created. Yeah, visually, it was just everything worked really well. And and I, I yeah. it's been too long since I watched it to know why what I felt about why I didn't think it was working. But but um, but that makeup was brilliant, and um, and so was the costuming. But the makeup in in the nineteen sixty six Dick Tracy for Prune Face. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's terrifying. It's incredible. So it would have been really interesting to see that. Because I wonder the, if they could have pulled it off alongside Batman oh, with Batman running, or if they would have had to turn it more a more serious approach yeah, the, to it. And I, I think possibly the series and the Warren Beatty film failed on one on one thing, and it was that they didn't. They both hired a handsome straightforward, normal, handsome-looking man to play Dick okay. Tracy. And Dick Tracy's got that crazy, you know, mm. broken nose and sharp chin. And, he does, you know, he's that's not, right, yeah. You're talking about the that, yeah. that, that cartoon yeah. character, yeah, yeah. yeah. The original cartoon yeah. character, he's got yeah. this, he's not conventionally handsome. 
and he's in he's like in there with all his bad guys but the minute you t- make all the bad guys prune face and the blank who's got no face at all he's just he's called the blank he starts to look pretty good dick, dick tracy starts to look pretty good <laughs> compared to those guys yeah guy coming in and they're the they're the butt of the joke whereas the whole thing the whole world is kind of undone i think when you when you put warren Beatty in without any makeup because warren Beatty's acting is excellent it's just it's he should have been made up he should have had the nose he should have had the chin just like al pacino did you know and all the other actors that were in the film yeah yeah maybe i i'm in the same boat it's been a long time since i saw that and i really don't remember i i imagine i probably i almost bet i'd like it more now you might really like it now but yeah apparently everybody complained about madonna being in it as well she's in it madonna's got and she's never been famous for her acting skills no luckily i'm i'm imagining the part was real small I bet they didn't try to stretch her acting skills. I, you put a lot of work into this this MK Ultra. Yeah, it's one of this, this graphic novel. It's amazing. Well, you for years, right? I mean, you've been working on it for a long time, and yeah, and it's kind of one of those things. I did a book. I did a breakdown book, which took me two months. So I just drew every panel, but as a schematic, and I coloured it and I lettered it. So the book exists, but I did it in two months. But it was really rough. And then when I started doing the the real pages, I thought, well, if I do really, really high end quality pages, then mm. you know it's going to be a no brainer for a publisher. They'll see what we're doing and they'll extrapolate from that and realise it's going to be an interesting book. But it didn't happen, and we didn't get a publisher. Nobody, nobody seemed interested. And I was then stuck at a certain altitude creatively. I had to stay at that altitude, right? Because I couldn't then come down and start drawing much faster. I had to try and keep the same creative. I think you're frozen. Oh, no, you're all right. You're no, no. I'm. Uh, <laughs> oh, you fell asleep. Oh, you can see the... <laughs> <But> anyway, okay. <laughs> but, uh, wouldn't be the first thing. But um, so, <laughs> so I had to keep going at that level. So it took me a lot longer to do the book because it was, I'd set a bar, you know. And I had to keep it that level until I got a publisher. So, and finally, that all worked. Out. Well, it's a great, it's a fantastic piece. I have my uh, my volume one and volume two. There's a new one out that you put, yeah. you added 3D artwork to it. That's and right. 3D That's glasses. Right. I've got my uh, test glasses right here that I I use to test the art when I'm making the eyes nice. on and, and test. And I've got a few examples. 3D images actually somewhere here. Oh well, I don't. See Had that. you done the 3D stuff before? Had you included I'd never that? done it. It's really interesting no. to make it because there's a kind of process to it, and it's not necessarily logical. And so you think, oh, it's, it's been done before. You must, it must be doable. So you, you start messing around with it, and it takes a long time to kind of figure it out because you have to move things around in a particular kind of way. Um, it's basically misregistering two colors. And a black. So you've got the black and you've got the the red, the cyan and the magenta. And you've got to misregister them and um, to make the 3D effect. But the 3D effect only really works if the misregistration changes as it recedes into the background and, and the foreground. So it's broader misreg- misrepresentation or mis- misrepresentation. <laughs> mis- <laughs> what am I saying there? Misregistration. When you put ink down, you know when you print a comic book, you print you print your colours and you print your black ink last. And right. as long as everything's registered right, it's all good. But classically in comics, how many times have you seen that, Michael, with the colours outside of the line? 
it's printed <laughs> outside of the line. That's an old yeah. thing we used to see a lot. That's misregistration. And um, but exploiting misregistration with just two colors and a black, you get this 3D effect. And like I say, it takes a while to figure it out. But it's fun to do. It's hell in your eyes, but, you know, it's fun. Oh, to yeah, do. I bet. I hadn't thought fun of that, I suppose. Yeah, it's fun yeah. I'll tell you a story. I was, uh, I was at the Glasgow uh, Comic Con many years ago, and I overheard a couple of guys from DC Comics talking about a jape um, that one had pulled on his boss, and he had they had they had greenlit a new Batman book. And I'd love to know which book this is, but they greenlit this new Batman book, so two hundred thousand copies or something is getting are getting published. But he has the printer print an extra five thousand without the black print, the black plate. So 5,000 books are then shipped to the boss for his assessment. Boss opens it, nearly has a cardiac arrest because he thinks mm-hmm. 200,000 books have gone out without the black plate. <laughs> so he, when, he's, when he's told that it was, a, it was just a joke, uh, he kind of laughs it off. But then he's like, but wait a minute, we've stuck with 5,000 books. But the guy had an answer for that too, and it was that they could sell them as collector's items without the black plate. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, so, okay, just a little story right along with that. So we're talking about the printing process, and so uh, there's a lot of problems with fake comic books and things like that when you're talking about valuable books or rare books or interesting books. And one of the interesting things that happens when comic books fade, when they lose their color in their sun – uh, is that the the lighter colors, the reds, the oranges, the yellows, they go away first. Well, somebody pops up in this uh, big group for it. There's uh, almost 50,000 of us in there. It's a collector's group. And uh, somebody pops up with this book, and it's got just the yellows and the oranges and no black. So, yeah, no registration at all. Uh, it's not even layered on there, and it's a it's a a famous book. It's a it's, it's fantastic for. It's got um, uh, you know uh, Doctor Doom on the front, so it's a really cool cover. He's sort of blasting mm-hmm. somebody kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's something people are really after. But all it is is just sort of or, uh, orangeish, reddish blob and a yellowish blob, and and anybody who knows the book knows what the images are. Anybody else is like. Okay, that's colors, but they they throw it up in this group there, and it uh, it hit uh, $275 in a matter of a couple of minutes, and the book, the regular book itself raw isn't worth anywhere near that, so people just buy that silly stuff all the time. That's all of the, all of those variant covers started mostly as errors to begin, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they started using like foils and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, didn't re- I didn't realize that. So this this was a comic that somebody produced legitimately but without the black mm-hmm. plate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It. I think what it is is the uh, printers do a test of the colors before they apply the black yeah. to a certain number of books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And then, and then they're not supposed to get out. They're just supposed to be repulped and turned into another book or you know. Oh, but, I see. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, with MK, um, yeah, the the new ones come out now. It's the complete edition, so it brings the two books that I think you have, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Picture them. Um, the two volumes were created over. Yeah, volume one. And there you go. And volume two. Awesome. And so it's those two books, but it's combined as one book, and it's got a few extra three D three D pages and artwork. And then at the back, it's got selections from those. Um, it's got various papers that were published uh, by the Senate during those hearings. Oh, so cool. 
Yeah, so they're there. So, you know, you can read the book and you can pick up on, you can pick up and have fun with it and, and read it and, and see the sort of farcical side of it. But you can also, you know, see the sort of horrific side of it too. And then at the back, you can kind of see the reality, which was that this, this shit was going on. And a lot of it's still uh, not really known. A lot of people were victims and nobody knows the, who they were. One of the things I've added to the book is a, a, between the two volumes, you know, as they're sandwiched together, I put in an extra page and it's, it's all the jazz men that were tested. So it's all the guys. Uh, yeah, because yeah. a predominant number of jazz men were tested under MKUltra. Because, because so many of these jazz guys were in New York and they were into drugs, like recreational drugs. And then they got arrested and they were sent to Lex, which was America's and probably the world's first narcotics prison. And just for drug addicts and people who had been caught with drugs. And so they all were sent there. And Lex was one of these places where, where CIA was testing people. So everybody from, you know, uh, William Burroughs, <laughs> um, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, you name it, a whole bunch of these really famous uh, jazz jazz guys and actors and, and, and writers like Burroughs were put through these tests. And you know we're we're running out of time, unfortunately, and there's just so much more to this. I go read the book and the collection because it's a fun story. It's a it's a real setting with a, a, a fictional uh, character going through these things, but but these real things, these things that are happening to real people, and he, and yeah. the real things, yeah, uh, and and this. My audience, this stuff ties all the way back to uh, Project Paperclip and before oh, yeah. that and bringing the Nazis over to America and the things that they were doing to people over there. And uh, some people believe it's still going on today in certain circles. Epstein be. is believed be. to be a part of this chain of CIA controlled uh, well, he could be he could be doing the same thing for another country. He might not be working mm. for CIA. He might uh, be working for another agent. This is the thing. One of the reasons MK Ultra happened was because they saw what the Russians were doing, and right. the Russians were, were were not having to answer to this. And for the Americans to do it, they had to do it illegally because it was illegal in America to do this. Oh, and they did it to people all they over did the it. place. They did yeah. it. And then they were they weren't quite prosecuted, unfortunately, but they were brought to. Uh, Brought to Brooke. Yeah, I, I, it at least put a little bit of hold on it, and it brought yeah. it opened some eyes to what government can do. Uh, Stuart Kenneth Moore, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, my friend. Hope to talk to you again Thanks, soon. Michael. Project MK Ultra: Sex, Drugs, and the CIA. The graphic novel, the completed, available now. <laughs> Next week with Dr. Dean Lloyd. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. 
Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.